0: So did you make some New Year's resolutions? You don't have to reveal what they are, but, you know.
1: I made a couple of phony ones, I think. One of them being I, I need to be angry at Facebook more often. Not at Facebook as a company, but, but on the platform, because it's so much fun. Um, that's one. The other one being that I should always have snacks at home. <laughs> um, but no, see, I've I've set a couple of intentions for for the business and for for myself. But no, no resolutions really. Have you guys set any? Dominic doesn't really feel like the the New Year's Resolution type of crowd,
2: this... I've said solstice intentions, or an intention, to replace my previous yearly intention, which is something I've done since 2013. well, that works for me. I kind of like that. It sets a tone. And is, it's a little bit like having one of those, I don't know what you call them in English, those markers out at sea, you know, the green flag or the red flag or the uh, the things that makes it easier to navigate because it's a reference point. So it's not something to get to, it's not something to achieve, but it's a reference point that I can see where am I and where at, where is that thing. And, you know, do I enjoy the space between us? Would I want to be closer, farther away, more to the right, left, up, down? You know, so it's, it's a reference point. Oh. That works for me. Um, I think in large part it's part of the edge when I say that I like doing gentle with an edge that is one aspect of the edge to it that it cuz it's it's always been intentions that are important to me somehow I'm I put importance on them so it's not like It's not obvious things, it's not easy things, it's not something that is already necessarily there. Um, (coughs) So it does provide that edge that I like in life. I've been having a good two weeks too. I've been reading and I've been mending jeans in the most creative way and I've been on Zoom calls and I've been writing and I've been having the most wonderful Christmas Eve with my kids and a solo New Year's Eve where I just I just was, you know, nothing, nothing special, nothing, uh, no musts. I went to bed seven minutes to midnight, (laughs) Uh, because it felt like it was the right time. Uh, So, yeah.
0: As long as you get there in time, it's still valid.
2: Yeah, well, oh, it's like hard to miss that, okay, now it's midnight because it just goes bonkers outside with all of the fireworks. Um, but ten minutes past midnight, there's just, you know, the occasional bang. Um, and then everybody goes to sleep. So oh. that was good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. I didn't set any um, terribly clear intentions or resolutions. I think I feel more lost than I've ever done in my life. (laughs) It doesn't feel entirely um, uncomfortable, you know, it's like more like um, a sense of, okay, so, um you know that thing that I was kind of imagining was actually happening well it is happening I'm lost and the more I sort of engage with the with the outer world the greater that sense is you know of not really having any sort of uh, direction in the outer world that I want to pursue in the sense of uh, projects or um you know sort of uh, making stuff manifesting something or doing this or that or whatever it hasn't really sort of settled and even if there's pressure to do that stuff you know it doesn't really um, land in some sort of state of motivation and focus and intention and just before christmas um i had a a fall in the forest um, and uh, hurt my knee got my my knee all horribly twisted um and um it was quite um It was quite dramatic at the time. Um, And uh, so I was kind of not moving around a lot for a few days after that and over Christmas. Um, And now it's kind of better, you know? Um, It's not like it was in the first three days, but my knee is kind of stiff. And I sort of feel a little bit old, you know, walk with a little bit of a stiff gait and um, sort of think, yeah, well, you know, mm, there it is. Soon I'll have to get a walking stick or something to support it all. And I've been reading a lot and sort of, uh, yeah. Doing what I do with my reading and um, watching a few movies, doing Christmassy things. I had uh, uh, an appalling Christmas from the point of view that um, eating chocolates and shit like that led to me having like five migraines in three days. Um, that wasn't a lot of fun. Yeah. But, you know, everything passes, more or less.
2: This too shall pass, as the saying goes.
0: So now, apparently it's a new year. um, You know, every day is some sort of uh, day of destiny and fate somewhere in the world something or other is happening mm. I saw this um, this quote um, from um Oscar Wilde, that he said that um, we're all in the gutter, but some of us look at the stars. More or less, you know. That was uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but that's the the gist of it. Mm. Yeah. But the the live theater is like in full swing, you know, there's lots of entertaining shit going on. COVID and politics and geopolitics and economics and just like endless variations of mm-hmm. Smaller and bigger scandals.
2: I was thinking the the vaccine makers, the vaccine-making pharma companies, they must be looking at becoming, you know... Mega-rich. Like, mind-blowingly mega-rich. Mm. Like, will they now rise to the top of those, like... The GDP uh, lists where I know that Facebook and Apple and stuff are way higher than than most of the countries on Earth. Oh. I'm guessing they will climb uh, that list quite quite significantly, oh. especially if they're lucky with bunny ears. That. The vaccine is something that we need to do, you know, every year or something to make to make it stick. It's like heaven that on earth. That was lucky, Lu- gee. That was lucky, you know, perfect. Mm. Yeah.
0: And what a good deal. You get the taxpayers to pay for it, to develop it, and then you sell it to them at a, a huge premium.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's uh, perfect.
0: But it's a brilliant the, model. Sorry, Caspian.
2: It's a
1: brilliant model for business. It is. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's called democratic socialism or something like that. Or corporate socialism,
1: yeah. technically. <sighs> technically, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But also kind of... Um, uh, important and insightful to put it on the same level as as uh, tech giants. I mean, kind of uh, in the the substrate of of the social dynamic. Most nothing runs without uh, the Google, Amazon, Microsoft monopoly. I mean, all government systems are based on those platforms. Um, all financial systems are based on those platforms. Uh, mm. And uh, they have a huge global reach. And all of the, um, all of the control mechanisms, all of the, the, the social media issues, <laughs> you know, the sort of uh, so-called race to the bottom all of it is based on those platforms without them things fall apart really quickly so it's interesting to place um reorientate biomedicine into um, that set of, of of power relations i mean biotech is sort of one thing but uh, where the the major medical conglomerates have um, fallen in the last few uh, decades, as uh, technology has taken greater and greater shares and control of the economy, the, there may be some sort of <sighs> corrective moment, some sort of power sharing that will occur. You know, particularly since there's so much discussion around. Um, enforced uh, biopolitics that people will be required to carry different kinds of biometric passports to prove that they're not infected or that they have been vaccinated or whatever in order to use you know basic utilities or shop or work or whatever the case might be certainly travel mm. to exciting times ahead you know?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I I just finished binge-watching Orphan Black yesterday. So, fifth season final episode last night. It's called what? Orphan Black.
0: Orphan Black.
2: Mm-hmm. Orphan Black, yeah, it's about human clones, cloning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it raises a lot of these questions, you know, corporations... Um, you know the heavy lobbying, getting legislation that will benefit the company rather than maybe humanity, and 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 all of these things. It's it's quite interesting to to watch and and link it to where we are today yeah. with with uh, COVID and the pandemic and and measures taken and measures not taken and you know the effect of of lives or on lives um. yeah Yeah, and sort of opening up for that potential inner. Um, what do you call them? Um, conspiracy theorist within, kind of going. Hmm. I wonder. What's the, what's the conspiracy here? What's the strategy? Who's been thinking what and why, for what reason? What's the plan? What's the purpose? Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, did you say the conspiracy theorist within?
2: Yeah, my the, it opens the door to the conspiracy theorist within me.
0: I mean, isn't that just a conspiracy theory, that there's a conspiracy theorist in you? Possibly. Possibly. I think somebody's just trying to plant some ideas in your <laughs> brain. You know?
2: That might well be so. <laughs> I think that's the... And there you are at the catch-22 kind of...
1: Is it a conspiracy?
0: Conspiraception? Conspiraception, yeah. The Immaculate Deception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I've realized more and more over the past couple of days how, or past couple of weeks, how naively optimistic I am. Um, just in general, and and I don't think I I haven't thought any of these thoughts at all. Which thoughts? Well, you know, bio warfare. No, but I'm I'm just thinking, you know, well sort of what what's what is the M gap here? And what is the LGDI? Yeah. Because I think I tend to, to head straight for the most generous interpretation of everything. <clears throat> and in this case, I'm, I'm, I'm just... My instant thought is that, well, you know, we're going to have more control over our we're, we're going to have more insight into to, into our bodies. We're going to know what viruses. We're all going to walk around with one of those, you know, that diabetics have, a little
2: a little plug in the arm kind of thing.
1: And we're just going to have a lot more data. That's not going to be bad. How could it be? And then, of course, it could be bad. But but why would it be?
2: So somewhat surprisingly, being like with a strong upholder tendency and you know, a a flair for logging things and keeping tracks and you know, run streaks and and whatnot. In during twenty twenty, sometime it was like I could log everything I could have that um, you know sleep and blood pressure and and mood rings and whatnot and and just everything every, everywhere logged sleep patterns and temperature and when do I ovulate and when don't I and when am I of high spirit and you know what's my pulse and and What do I eat when and how does that affect, you know, migraines? And, you know, it's like just anything. And somewhere around there, it was like, hmm. Yeah, it can sure be, it can probably be of benefit and of use to me, but. I can also see that it can be not of benefit and not of use to me. There's a possibility to generate a lot of data and make perhaps conclusions that aren't causal. You know, it's like there's... So it was like, "Mm." so I stopped with, with some of the logging that I'd been doing um because it was like oh yeah i don't really need to and then i've just finished reading a book called a primer for forgetting by louise hyde i will have in my creative community book club in a couple of weeks and he makes a great case for (coughs) forgetting things without really i mean he makes a great case for remembering things too so he makes the case for the, the necessity or the benefit of both of those. There are things that we need to remember and there are things that we need to forget to be able to move on. Um, and that, the, the let's just gather all the data that I can on me. Um, I don't know. There's some aspects of being human that I think will even more easily get lost uh, going down that route, mm. and I think those are important aspects of being human. Um, and and somehow I want to safeguard or just flag for that, perhaps. Just you know, there's there's some. Um, there's potential in the logging of everything but there's also a danger in the logging of everything and i think being present to that is perhaps you know that's what i would would want to see just just mm. being present to it mm. um Hmm?
1: (laughs) Do you log anything, Dominic?
0: You mean like um, how many cups of coffee
1: I drank? Yeah, or how Uh, many steps or whatever.
0: Nothing. Whatsoever that I'm aware of. And um, my As you've seen, my internet uh, habits sort of are full of um, all kinds of thwarting devices for data collection. So um, logging, Mm. I guess the only really logging I do in that sense, is that I uh, actually record my dream life um, and some personal thoughts. Um, I mean, I'm I'm quite sceptical of this kind of uh, journaling culture. You know that you should be journaling. Um, So I don't uh, journal. Um. <laughs> oh, so you know. Are we going to take
1: a bash at Tim again? Uh, is it? Tim? Hasn't Tim Ferris heard enough from us? Th- did I say Tim? I,
0: <laughs> I didn't say Tim. I just said generally. that and I don't know if it's if it's if it's his idea.
1: Of course, um, it isn't
0: i doubt it very much because the i mean the you you can go back to um you know ancient greece uh, and yep. <laughs> there's people saying spend some time writing you know write a diary or whatever it's just that it's become like such a buzzy thing you know that journaling is gonna it's sort of part of this uh hyper self-perfection culture know optimization Um, so having said that um, no I don't log stuff I log my uh, when I work you know uh, log hours uh, log travel um, that sort of stuff but I can't be bothered uh, with too much and and I really see the point of it you know I mean if, regardless of whether you're going to put it into a gamification psychology I understand that it's quite motivating you know when you going to do a hundred days of whatever and um, you sort of tick off day 73 and think well I've passed the middle or when you're at day 27 think gee it's only 73 days to go um whatever um all very good things to do Uh, but uh the 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 issue for me and i think this is really the kind of deep truth i just don't have the discipline for it it's like i get so incredibly bored um i like um the motivational factor dies off after a short while and I can carry on doing the thing but I just don't log it and then I remember that I didn't log it Then there's no sort of point in doing it because I missed all those days in the middle and you know
2: but I would say that what you log besides what you've been saying is more than your dream life because you're the notes you keep on books you read that mean something to you and the articles you read and your whole tag tagging, um, sort of keeping tabs on that. That is a form of log that like in one way far surpasses anything that I've ever bothered to do. You know, I stick with the simple things, uh, like, um, you know, number of, of days that I've done my morning seven routine uh, that's easy um, so you do log even though it's it's not in that sense pertaining to your actions oh. but but there's quite a, a you have quite a significant database of of thoughts you've thought and and things you've read and things you've picked up on and can sort of cloud those together Mm. in different ways. That's also a type of logging, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Absolutely agree. But I guess for me, the logging thing is just um, Yeah, capturing the same thing again, you know, um, for that purpose that you can Mm. say, okay, well, we had uh, 93 events and out of them, X percentage were this or that, or uh, Mm. you can see this trend or whatever. Um, And that it requires some sort of consistency and, uh, you know, and uh, I, I struggle with that. I really do. That, that, that just doing the same thing at the same time every day is uh that's a challenge you know I can sort of barely manage that.
2: Do you log anything, Caspian?
1: Well, I've got my watch logging everything.
2: Do you for use me, basically? It? Do you want to yeah, well, uh, well, analyze what, it?
1: Quite rarely, I would say. I mean, I log my sleep. I rarely look at it at the data, um, or well, rather, it logs my sleep for me. I rarely look at the data. Um, I log all my walks and and bicycle rides and mm-hmm. runs and and stuff like that. Um, other than that, I I tried logging my fasting a while back, but, but it sort of became meaningless when, when I started fasting roughly 23 hours per day. Um, you know, it, it's not that big of a thrill to, to keep a tag of it anymore. Um, And then I have my to-do list. You know, uh, if if that counts as a log, then yes, absolutely, I've got my Evernote as well. Mm. You know, keeping keeping tags and structure. Mm. Um, I did have a period of of. There is there is a function in Todoist that I use um, called Karma. So every time you use the uh, the system in any way taking off a to do a, a task or or adding a task adding a project moving stuff around you know basically anytime you you um, interact with the system you get points but that sort of became meaningless when I reached you know I'm at gazillion. Check. Yeah, I've got 20,185 completed tasks, um, and my karma is on the second highest level, um, which means I, I have to sort of double my my completed tasks in order to reach the, I think it's enlightened, enlightened or
2: Enlightened state. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
1: You're um. going to be Gurudu.
2: Gurudu, <laughs> guru <do>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's so fun.
0: <laughs> gurudukas But I to get back to, to the, the, the question, is it all going to hell or is it all going to heaven? The MGAP question, I think that's a really sort of interesting line you know um because it really really occupies uh, in any case the sort of least generous interpretation world is um that's like the the fish we're swimming in that's the water we're swimming in as as fish you know there's like you can't read anything anywhere without it having to do with least generous interpretation whether it's about politics or finance or you know the the vaccine or COVID or whatever there's this this constant process of um yeah playing for advantage making somebody else look bad or Mm. bad decision bad judgment how could you possibly do that um that's anti-democratic that's this that's that um and obviously it's kind of at the surface level you know um and possibly at a a more generous interpretation um i mean personally i don't think that everything's going to hell but i do think that um it's sort of one of those things where you have to say uh would would you like some heroin is it is it nice yes very very, very nice. It's like the nicest thing you've ever had. Okay, is it dangerous? Yes, very. Uh, it may kill you. Okay, um, well, uh, so what's the the sort of uh, the M gap on heroin? You know, heroin has kind of uh, given us, or in any case, uh, opiates have made available a uh, significant degree of of uh, positive opportunities um, and uh, really quite destructive stuff has mm. come out of, of opiates on so many different levels
1: mm.
0: from the the very beginning you know when when opium is is becomes known as a substance uh, to the west um, this is like a really problematic thing uh, but it's also something that can you know, make operations possible, or reduce pain, or um, any range of, of um, applications that are not necessarily evil um, or, or bad, or whatever the case is. And I think that that's kind of, for me, the the situation with, for example, um, <coughs> when we're talking Sorry. about logging. Um, there's for me a. a, a an elephant in the room, you know, of of wanting to say, um, does it have to be digitalized all of the time? What's the effect of not writing by hand, uh, not doing things by hand? Uh, you know, now people are starting to sense that oh fuck, you know, when we're only meeting people virtually, um, something really is happening there's um, a sort of sense of that maybe all these kind of uh, sort of uh, techno-conservative aunties who are trying to convince you not to be stuck in your computer might have had a point point. Um, and if you if you dive a little deeper into that um, you know, yes absolutely the, uh, the, the sort of replacement of Uh, conscious physical presence with um, digital virtuality uh, may just have seriously unintended consequences on uh, the the, human evolution. It really is quite possible that uh, the, the correlation in Korea between massively increasing uh dementia and uh the the sort of complete takeover of of digital smart technologies in society have uh, actually got causal relationships but this might just be a very bad idea and if you combine this possibly very bad idea with things like rampant uh, uh what would one call it, bio-government. Yeah, it could look really shitty, you know. Uh, And that's not necessarily for me a a least generous interpretation. That's the position of saying, well, if you're going to shoot up heroin, your life is probably going to fuck up quite seriously. There are ways in which this may be appropriate and really, really useful at the right moment in the right context. But as an everyday replacement for life, this is not such a great idea. Mm. In fact, it might be anti-life. Mm. So the gap sort of thing for me is to say, well, <clears throat> the trend is definitely quite destructive. Um, and that's not uh, completely isolated in human history, that that there are destructive trends, and there may result situations in which, as a result of, of quite rampant destructiveness, we might come to our senses, and in coming to our senses, turn a corner, really do something quite dramatically different. And that quite dramatically different is one of those conversations that's going on all of the time, both for the, the pro-technology crowd, you know, who continuously sell this idea of, of progress as a uh, ultimate justifier, that, that, that there is um, sort of uh, blanket justification in the idea of progress without really discussing what it is. So from that point of view, everything just gets better. You know, it's that, why, why not have better data? Why not have greater control? Why not have, uh, you know, far bigger leverage across the entire spectrum of, of human endeavor via data, via digital connection, via biometrics. This is all in our best interest. And the, uh, the pushback against that you can see from, um, <clears throat> there's this um, uh, current discourse around uh, the reset. And you remember last year, I pointed you at the World Economic Forum's Reset Conference. Um, So this has become like a real thing, you know, that uh, there's a a lot of so-called conspiracy theorists who are pointing out that there are elements of of totalitarianism that uh, people would otherwise have associated with Maoism or uh, Soviet communism or whatever that's uh, written into the so-called Great Reset. Um, And that people are, you know, Raise these particular issues um, where freedom and and totalitarianism are pitted against each other, um, and on the other end of that, there's uh, uh, this idea that the uh, the opportunity of of amongst other things, COVID and and uh, the possibilities offered by technology lead to that people can live in greater equality. Um, you know that there's. Uh, A possibility for some sort of um, benevolent substrate that instead of people having to have to fight their way uh, to a sort of level of survival that um, you know you can move into a world where more data means that you don't have to have a wage job or whatever you know that we can all be citizens living a much more egalitarian life with a, a um, basic income, uh, you know, that there are, there are other bases of resources that can feed the public coffer and uh, make uh, quality of life possible that we haven't experienced before. And the truth is probably somewhere in between these two things, you know. I mean, just as one problematic example, getting to that point builds on education in so many different ways, regardless of whether or not you agree with um, compulsory schooling. <coughs> the the very sort of uh, uh, fabric of globalization is based on 200 years of public education, more or less. Yeah. And currently, the way that public education is being run uh, within a digital framework combined with the idea of, of inclusion is quite obviously leading to very different results uh, to the ones that got us to this point of such a high degree of, of um, quality of life, uh, life expectancy, etc., etc. The the result is more than likely getting dumbed down. And one such feature is digitalization of schooling, that every kid must have a computer. Uh, and there is absolutely zero research to suggest that giving kids computers at school is going to lead to better learning.
1: Not true not true no there is What's some research to to suggest that.
0: okay well <clears throat> let me rephrase um, there's probably research to show absolutely anything we choose
1: absolutely sure mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out that that there is research showing some some quite um, Well-acknowledged research to show that computers do help learning.
0: Oh, good. Well, we can have In a rep some,
1: battle on um,
0: whether to do. computers Well, I or think not. I think
1: the common common misunderstanding and common misuse of the computer is that every single child should have and always use a computer. Mm. Because that's what we're doing. It, we, we haven't developed the tool at all. We're like, hey, here's a toolbox, you know. Got go uh, yeah, well. Almost, almost saying, you know, here's a toolbox. Put up that shelf. Build that house, and and then write something with a hammer. You're like, what? The fuck? Ooh. How? I, I think that's the main misconception and misuse of of the computer. Mm. Because it doesn't it's not a replacement for pen and paper. It's not a replacement for the teacher. It's not a replacement for relationship, which is incredibly important in learning. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. At a so, very so large scale. At a very large scale. Absolutely. And that, and
0: that results in you know two or three generations of, of learners having significantly shifted worldviews, uh, which don't result in the kind of innovation that leads us to the point where everybody can have a computer at school. Exactly. So that trend is kind of downhill. <clears throat> there's a certain dumbing down going on. And whether it's in schools or whether it's at a, at a societal level, um, there's definitely effects of digitalization that result in people experiencing different kinds of development. Now that different kind of development, um, well, it's sort of early days.
1: You
0: will, we can't conclusively also, say that it's a bad thing.
1: No, no, exactly. And and we've also built up a paradigm where where. You know, you you started out by saying dumbing down. Yeah, what's well smart then? We we've built a paradigm where where. We've been smarting up. For a very long time, according to a couple of parameters. Mm. And, and measurements. Um, and I think what's, what's quite obvious and what's happening with, for example, the OECD, the education measurements, sort of, what's it called?
2: The it's, PISA.
1: PISA? Yeah, right. Sorry. Um, <coughs> is that they're saying, hey, we're measuring the wrong things. You know, every single year now. Uh, for as long as I've been looking, they've been adding things that they're measuring and, and things to measure. And, you know, it's it's just an ongoing list of, hey, this might be a good idea to look at. Um, and I think that's also important to, to put into that context, into that conversation, Ooh, is that agree. we don't know we don't know what to measure we don't know what to teach Ooh. that's that's what we're, they're saying yeah so for Which me it's interesting sort of... to
2: then correlate to to this you know i can log every biological aspect of my physical being yeah <laughs> and what's the conclusion that i will draw from that data and you know will it be of service for anyone, or will it actually be harmful? Hmm.
0: But just in terms of the education problem, um, there is a possibility, um, and that's what I would say is a, a uh, an M gap, a sort of um, a maximum uh, adjacent possible, uh, most generative view is is the uh, sort of creative destruction view of innovation, that um, if we continue to feed this system with shit, uh, it may actually totally collapse. And something far more appropriate may emerge. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, um, kind of believing in the sort of spirit of uh, human creativity, uh, that there are gonna still be Dewey's and James's and et cetera, et cetera. Like there are Elon Musk or, you know, whatever that, uh, possibly the best thing we can do right now is to totally drive the education system off the fucking rails into the ditch, you know, to the bottom of the lake. Uh, put it to bed um, understanding full well that learning is really such a central part of our human experience and innovation such an important part of our human experience those things are not necessarily going to disappear um, but the way we're doing it now is not necessarily helping so let's do more to get rid of it more computers you know, more inclusion, uh, any, anything that's actually sort of collapsing the supposed, uh, goal, more of that. <laughs> Keep the trend up, you know, <clears throat> let's measure more irrelevant shit and, you know, take even more policy decisions <laughs> that will lead to measuring even more irrelevant shit till eventually schools become entirely irrelevant, totally unnecessary, nobody bothers with it, um, like a steam engine, you know, it's like, all right, we've got something better. And I think the same is true with uh, politics or uh, public health or um, you know any of these kind of arenas that possibly the most important question to be taken up is are we discussing it and how are we discussing it what are we what are we what are we doing with this is it just passivity okay well you know put 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 my chip in.
2: It's like, it's like with a combustion engine, you know? It's old technology. There's, there's pros and there's cons. It's, it's not necessarily the most effective or efficient or, you know, there's pollution and all stu- sorts of stuff. And as far as I've understood, there's plenty of potential replacements for the combustion engine but heck no let's just put those ideas in the drawer because the system the 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 sort of the self-playing piano of of the industry that feeds on the combustion engine is so large so big so you know it has the clout to 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 keep at it to have their Thing. Continue. Yeah, but I think I think you know even
1: more than that. I've had a couple of conversations around these these topics uh, in the past year or two with with people my age. Sorry, guys, you're. <laughs> Hey, we We're all not. have an age, you know.
0: It's okay. You can have an age. You don't have to apologize.
1: <laughs> no, but, but within within the context of either democracy uh, or or education. Um, most wow. recently we we had a a, com- a long conversation about, you know, how to govern, a country. Um. Just, just politics in, in general, um, and democracy, how it should work. Um, and I sat, sat quite silent throughout the, the whole conversation. There were four of us. Um, and then, then one of my friends turned over to me and, and just said, well, you've been, you've been awfully silent. What, what's going on? I just went. Well, I've got the solution, so so I'm gonna let you guys, (laughs) (laughs) and then I'll swoop in and Uh, you know take over the day, yeah. And I, you know, I I quite bluntly said the problem is the nation state. We need to get rid of it. It's fucking us up. Um, And I sort of did the same thing with education. We we were at that time we were eight or ten people all talking about all talking about education and schooling and you know those kinds of things. I sat silent and then I went, Well, you know, we're doing it all wrong. We're we're doing it backwards, everyone learns, let's get rid of schools. And they all went, Well what the f- Hey, that seems like cheating sort of it, it it was that kind of reaction what 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 i'm trying to get at is i think i think the main reason for for these conversations being hard to have is that that i'm not doing it right i'm, I'm saying i have the right answer obviously i don't but but you know it's much more fun that way um the other part being relationships the world is too big for us to comprehend all of it we we can't really comprehend we can't think about the nation state because we don't know people we don't know you know the the parts of the system We don't have a relationship to it. And I think that's one of the main issues in all of this. You know, the the world is too big. And I think, you know, both credit to to both of your generations. and some 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 definite criticism is that you've been brought up through digitalization digit- or or globalization you know you've you've been seeing it gradually um and even more more the um the even older generations have been sort of okay this is happening Sort of like a lobster in 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 boiling water, kind of thing. Um, whilst we're just thrown into it. Okay, here here's a boiling pot of water. Let's jump in. Oh, you didn't want to jump? Poof. I think it's. I, I think that the challenge for for a lot of people in my generation is that you get it thrown into a pool that's just too big for you to to even start seeing where to swim or what what the water is. So
2: just just bringing it. Again, back down into the 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 small and possibly more COVID-related. What with schools now across the globe in in large part being closed and a lot of families (coughs) having their kids at home? I wonder at the the sort of the possible conclusions or experiences of, of of these billions of families, one might be, a heck, I so long for school to start again so that I can get on with my work, my life, because now I'm tending my kids and I'm trying to play teacher. I'm not a teacher. And, and you know, and kids, they fight. And if they can't go outside, you know, it's like that, oh, I just wanted to go back to normal so that I can do the things that I want to do and I'm guessing there's another cohort of people saying well it's been great to have my kids around because we have gotten to know each other and our sort of our daily routines and what's fun to do and what works and when do we go outside playing in the yard and when do we just each cuddle up with a book or something and there's, there's some, I don't know, there's possibly an assumption or a question in me there that those parents might not say, okay, I'll step in and be teacher, but rather I'll just be me. I'll be their mom or their dad and, and you know, or whatever caretaker it is. And, and, and the possibility then to see that, oh, kids actually do learn when left to their own devices, they do learn and pick up stuff and and have fun and and experiment and and do that thing that humans do. We do learn, we do innovate, we do those things. Um, And I wonder what those two experiences might mean also in a little bit of a longer perspective, like if... if or when this pandemic sort of comes to a close and and the possibility of going back to normal starts, what will that new normal be? Because I'm fairly sure it will be a new normal uh, in, in many ways, not just education, but I think education to a large extent. Because, you know, I've also heard kids who are like, you know, they are really suffering from not having responsible adults around or, or you know, friends because their home life is not of uh, benefit, it's, it's harmful. But I've also heard of kids who go like, I'm never going to go back to school. Shit, I'm bullied and I'm picked on and I'm, you know, belittled. It's like, that ain't happening again ever. Right? Hmm. So I'm, I'm guessing that there are more people today who can see that the, the public education systems actually are flawed than, than, you know, two years ago or one year ago even. I'm guessing that more people have gotten a personal experience of this where they go, huh. What I thought was beneficial, or you know, this needs to be. It should be. This is the way it's always been, etc. Maybe not. Mm. So I'm guessing there's more people having open to that thought mm. because of the pandemic than mm. than ever before.
0: Mm. For me, underlying that sort of. Um, arena of discourse that that um, both of you take up is that there's this uh, there's this background scenario playing out um, that's not that easy to um, to discern not that easy to navigate through that has to do with progress so there's a certain set of assumptions that we have that um, when we notice that something isn't working, that we're actually going to change, that we're going to innovate our way out of those problems. And this we call progress. And anybody that's not for progress is obviously, um, you know, either a Trump supporter or completely insane or both. Um, because progress is why we're here. You know, progress is what we do. Progress is good, etc., cetera, etc. et, cetera, et cetera. And there's not a lot of, of engagement with this question because there's this basic assumption that um, progress will sort everything out. Things will get solved through progress. We will find solutions either with technology or you know um, innovative financial structures or uh, new medicines or <clears throat> whatever, progress is gonna be our way through. Um, and certainly there's been, uh, you know, sort of any number of examples of progress in the atomic world stuff. We've created amazing amounts of stuff. The human endeavor sort of leads to, uh, progressive improvements, um, in sort of any number of fields. Um, But at the same time, uh, the idea of of humans progressing um, is either uh, just a fantasy or runs at a completely different frequency. So we've got all of this amazing technology that can do totally astonishing stuff and humans still behave like cavemen. You know how do, how the fuck does this happen? Um, and, and and grappling with this problem, I think, is 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 for me anyway quite instructive because yeah, we might notice that um, uh, phenomena X arises out of a certain uh, uh, situation or a whole sort of spread of of phenomena around schools. What doesn't work about schools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and there's a certain moment of logic of oh look a problem we can solve that we can apply our logic and you know um, we can get better results or we can change this or change that but somehow we don't really do that you know because either there are priorities that are higher up in a hierarchy that uh, don't necessarily have to do with uh, the mental well-being or emotional well-being of of how kids experience school compared to what the, the, um, the financial implications are, for example, or economic implications. Uh, or otherwise, we actually lack some sort of insight, uh, you know, the, the sort of boiling frog or the boiling um, lobster, as to that this is actually going on this is sort of some of the the argument around anti-tech or you know real tech warnings that well the water's nearing boiling point and a lot of people are seriously addicted to their phones and uh, this is having really bad effects and we should regulate these things in the same way that we regulated cigarettes and so on and so on and so on Um, but for me underneath is this problem of well what is it that we that we're trying to achieve what is it that we're regulating against is it that we're regulating against the progress of the stuff or is it that we're regulating against um, the 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 quality of of human nature um, that is out of sync with this idea of endless progress of some sort of uh, ideal state that's very soon going to arise. I mean, we really believed in 1960 and 70 that computers would leave to, lead to this sort of massive automation and uh, lots of leisure time and etc. So it really didn't, and we've got loads of explanations for that. Um, but the fact of the matter is that we're not uh, psychologically better off today. We're not more healthy just as an example I saw that that uh, um, I think in in, in in China there's a, uh, a seriously growing epidemic of, of obesity and that's quite astonishing you know that's like a, a big wow you know it's like the epidemic of dementia in Korea. Why why is that happening? Uh, These are really sort of issues of the physical, biophysical substrate in which we live and have our being uh, is seriously ill as a result of our habits. But we don't necessarily do, We, we progress ourselves out of the problem into another set of effects that possibly just enhance those already existing problems. So for example, if you're gonna grapple with a problem like nation states, um, why would you want to get rid of nation states, or have them? What's the point? You know, I mean, having nation states, um, as a sort of, from a historic perspective, uh, having nation states is is very much seen as progress. And having nation states creates a possibility of, amongst other things, um, ownership. Uh, you know, uh, boundaries, laws, uh, all these kind of uh, uh, issues that lead into uh, beneficiated forms during the Enlightenment and lead into uh, eventually a global economy and uh, greater degrees of freedom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if you're going to uh, pit the nation state against no freedoms at all, um, are you going to be down for that? So we could have all of the nation states removed, but uh, replace it with uh, some sort of um, so-called uh, techno-feudalism. That's the, that's the alternative end of that spectrum that, that, that gets argued against. Is this progress, you know? Um, in what direction.
2: But isn't one of the things that that makes us not really have these discussions, this fact, I'm, I come to think of the saying that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I wonder if the same thing isn't true for, for any concept, any system, any, any, any you know, anything, it comes into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, but that would also require perhaps me then, or us then, looking at the things that we have around us to see, you know, okay, is it, has its season, you know, is it coming to a close? Mm. And that isn't something that we do, and I don't, you know, it like, it happens because civilizations crash and fall and burn and i'm i'm in a sense i'm guessing it is because their season has come to an end and possibly it could have come to an end in a less clashing destructive um, hard or or painful way oh. if we were like looking at it, you know, revisiting, revisiting on a regular basis, which in a sense, I feel is what politics should do. But I don't think they do because they're also geared towards, um, you know, they have three years or four years in office and, 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 and then they need to be re-elected and and that means that the really hard questions aren't brought up because the risk of not being re-elected outweighs the the mm. the risk of not being re-elected mm. uh, you know so you, you sort of you don't do mm. that thing which i i think it's it's One of the things that it could do, and therefore it could be of, of use, it could be of service if it was done in that way. But that's not how the system has been, you know, uh, developing. So it's like the self perpetuating of the self perpetuating of the self perpetuating and the, and the, the, Link the grounding of it, the 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 purpose of it. What do we have this for? And and and, you know, is this still the best solution that we can see, or or you know, what Mm. else would be possible? Which perhaps also is just me being progress progressified. Um, but there's this, there's in the concept of letting go and letting come is one that I've carried with me for the past I don't know, five years or something. Mm. And just like you say we have the LGGI world around us. Well, we have the letting come you know world around us it's like more 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 give me more and you know newer versions hotter hotter cars you know all of this thing but but the letting go aspect that's truly necessary for this to be some sort of of sustainable and or regenerative system is lacking so we're we're hoarders in a sense, and eventually we'll run out of of space to put our hoarded stuff or of resources to make the stuff we want to hoard. Um, So there's some kind of, there's there's some type of cyclic movement that I'm missing that I don't see uh, Mm. enough of, perhaps. Or that I would like to see more of.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different angles to take on there. At different uh, sort of different levels of the. Of the strata of society and strata of ideas and so on i mean i think for example that um since um, we have a uh, a well versed ageist in our midst um we could sort of raise that issue you know that um (laughs) (laughs) that there are people in this conversation who remember a time um you know I mean you could stop that statement right there um, that would probably be enough uh, but I'm thinking that for example we there's there's a, a time in memory where uh, profit in health care was just unthinkable
2: mm.
0: nobody sort of had any the, 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 the problem of, of charity, of, of some sort of ethic, uh, of, of, of the moral of care, uh, you know, these kind of things were really obvious. Um, and now the, the water that's boiling that the lobster is thrown into, to use your metaphor, um, it seems like that water always has had this component of privatization. And that's just not true. It's not a. Uh, it's not a true thing. Um, it's a truthful uh, reflection of where we are now. So this sort of cyclic thing you're talking about um, makes me think of of uh, this uh, American uh, theorist. I don't know if we would call him an economist or a historian. I would imagine that he's a historian, Joseph. Tainter. Um, Tainter has this uh, book called uh, How Civilizations Collapse or something like that. Um, and he's particularly uh, uh, sort of using, for example, innovation cycles as good indicators for um, how you can read these cycles of, of supposed progress. Um, because they all pretty much lead to the same thing and historically we can you know be fairly certain that no civilizations have not followed uh, a particular cycle in which they don't survive um, the 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 sort of last downward trend eventually they start uh, basically eating up their own substrate until it it collapses Um, and so the, the sort of next stage of that argument is to say, well, now there's only one civilization. There's a global civilization. It's following the same trend. Um, eventually, it collapses. And then what? You know, well, there might just be an M gap uh, kind of thought about that. That uh, that's one of those necessary preconditions for there to be a transcendent insight in order for it not always to be a cycle on the same level but that the the spiral can actually develop in a in a in a direction you know and even even that idea that there's a a direction to history is part of the problem of this discussion around progress that Mm -hmm. we must do things because there's some sort of moment in history where humans actually achieve x or y state of uh gurudom you know your enlightened uh, karma points all uh, sort of add up and you no longer have to do anything you don't have to do to-do lists because you've reached enlightenment Um, and this is just you know one of these kind of underlying common assumptions that more or less everybody has all of the time and it justifies everything that we do like for example that there's obviously something fucking seriously wrong with the way that the whole vaccine process is being run how it's discussed uh, how it's managed i mean really really wrong with it but we can't have that discussion because then you're a reactionary right-wing opposed to progress Uh uh-huh so let's just get this right you know the the idea is that the vaccines are actually going to save us from covid but they only going to be delivered to 15 percent of the population of people on the planet at a cost of sorry run that by me again uh, that who paid for again could you just sort of help me with that one i mean It's obviously Bezos, wasn't it? (laughs) Did Mr. Bezos pay? That was very kind of him, Um, but I do doubt that very much.
2: So, the concepts of progress and profit are right now colliding in my head with the concept of regenerate regenerative of, of things or humans or systems or organizations or whatever being regenerative. Because I could easily fit those into, I could fit progress and profit into a regenerative system and, and use those words to explain what makes a regenerative system regenerative because somehow there's there's a surplus implied in the regenerativeness that there's... It doesn't just... It's not a, a, a stasis... It's not a zero-sum game, yeah. It's not a zero-sum game. For there's, there's more. There's a little bit more. It doesn't need to be a lot more, but, you know, it needs to be at least one up, um, which could be easily described with the term of profit. But I wonder what, how it could be how a regenerative system could be described or defined or explained in ways that don't use these terms that carry so much inherent meaning in them that that would kind of drag stuff over from the existing system into something that I see would be a lovely new system. That's a question I'm going to write down. Oh.
0: Well, there's, there are nice words like yield.
2: Yeah, which is also a word that's come up a lot in my, in my spheres these past few weeks.
0: And yield is, is such a wonderful word because it's connected to giving so you can you can give way you know um, you can yield something uh, but it's also a profit it's like a, a harvest is a yield and the um there's a An Australian guy whose name I can't remember, but he talks about how um, the idea of of, uh, growth in uh, Aboriginal Australian culture um, is about uh, increasing connections. All of which is great, you know. I mean, uh, they're really wonderful things, but we're not dealing with this problem of a lack of progress in humans in which there's some sort of reptilian brain response of domination is the only way to survive. That if I don't have it, then you must have it. Mm. And I mean, that's kind of... Uh, really grossly, uh, reducing the problem, you know, to, uh, to, to the opposite of what you're describing Caspian. This is not like a, a hyper object. This is someone that, something that everybody understands. Um, and when you unpack it, it actually does, uh, at least to some degree provide a model for how it is possible that we can be so fucking smart and insightful, and still run the same program that collapsed all the other civilizations before us. Hmm. How do we manage this, this dual nature that, yes, we are entirely dependent on relationships, this is really sort of... Obvious, you know, all um, mammals have this quality, and humans have it in spades. Mm-hmm. And then we use this particular aspect of our being to create relationships that will dominate others. Uh huh. Um, that was weird to run that by me again, you know. <laughs> Some weird sort of loop in the program. And then we get this strategy that leads to that we can dominate others and then we hang on to just that strategy at whatever cost.
2: And then we end up eating up our own straighter and bam.
0: More or less, you know. I mean, there are these mm-hmm. sort of really significant moments, like when they drop the bomb, um, then everybody goes, oh, fuck, we better not do that again. Um, So instead of saying, well, let's change direction, they say, okay, well, let's see if we can use this in a different way than just dropping the bomb. We can just threaten to drop the bomb instead, you know.
2: And it's interesting that because the bomb... You know, used twice, but but okay, that was it. Um, But (laughs) they didn't
1: even say, let's not use it after the first time. They were like, we need to try this again. Just once
2: more, just just to once more, just to be sure. It's like, oh, no, yeah, it really wasn't a good idea, but we got what we wanted. (laughs) But but look at at um, um, concentration camps it's like it's been around for for many many years and and the same period as the bomb they were very much in swing and after that let's never do this again but it's never been I mean it it wasn't like the bomb where it's like okay yeah, we're actually so far we haven't after that second time but concentration camps are 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 rife so what makes the bomb have us go oh crap let's not do that but not concentration camps mm. Is it the potential for a nuclear bomb to actually like is it is it easier to see how that could hurt me? Is is it that thing? Whereas concentration camps, you know, you know, it's like it's the people in Yugoslavia or or you know, it's like well, probably somewhere in Africa somewhere, but it won't happen to me. I don't know.
0: Well, the idea is that <clears throat> when, when it's not only one player that has the bomb, then suddenly everybody gets hurt. Mm. So-called mutually assured destruction. I mean, just this—you know—over this Christmas period, um, the the Russians have announced a uh, significant um, innovation in delivering nuclear bombs.
2: Oh.
0: Mm. And probably doing it because the the agreements, I mean, releasing the information, because the, the the nuclear agreements that are in place are gonna run out. So the due date is, is pretty soon. I mean, like within days or weeks, um, the nuclear treaty runs out.
1: When
2: is the inauguration
1: of Biden?
0: just after the bomb
2: 20th of january <laughs> <laughs> okay is this where we wrap it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the
0: 21st Twenty-first. Mm. Mm,
2: well.
0: yeah but today is kind of like a crunch day as well in that arena
2: Georgia?
0: Well, there's the Georgia runoff and then there's the uh, Senate and Congress um, debates. So today is normally the confirmation, I think, um, where they confirm the electoral votes.
1: it's going to be a fun day on Twitter.
0: Every day is a fun day on Twitter.
2: But at least it's not a full moon. That was last week.
0: <sighs> That's a relief.
2: Yeah. I wonder if this is where we actually do wrap.